0: Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. It's 8.39, and Patty Lovera is standing by. Thank you, Patty. Patty is the assistant director of Food and Water Watch. She coordinates the food team. Hey, before getting to um, Food and Water Watch, she was a deputy Deputy Director of the Energy and Environment Program at Public Citizen and a researcher at the Center for Health, Environment, and Justice. The um, Republicans are calling the tax bill a win-win situation, but not according to Food and Water Watch. They say not. Um, As the Republicans in Congress rush to pass tax cuts for the millionaire political funder class, they're using a tax on the environment to pay for it. Hey, thank you, Patty. I'm glad to have you on to talk about the tax bill. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, good morning. Hey, so we 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 you know, it's it's clear at least it's not going to the Senate bill isn't going to pass before Thanksgiving, but it is kind of on the fast track. Um can you can you talk about um why this isn't a win-win situation? How are they planning to pay for all the tax cuts? That's Always
1: got to be the first question we ask whenever Congress does anything with money, right? Um, So this, I mean, one way to think about this is, despite all of the hype and the way it's being described, is this is a real glimpse into priorities right? And who, who these members of Congress um, think count the most. And it's very clear from these tax packages, you know, there's some differences between the House bill and the Senate bill, but at their core, they're about reducing tax rates for wealthy individuals and especially for corporations. And then to justify the fact that there's going to be less money coming in when you reduce those tax rates, you know, that's going to drive lots and lots and lots of ripple effects about, um, being anxious about the deficit and the deficit gets bigger when we don't have this revenue coming in and we're already seeing the signs of you know the rhetoric about how we need to cut other things to pay for this so you know there's some really explicit examples in the tax bill itself so in the senate version of the bill that they're going to debate after thanksgiving as a way to raise revenue supposedly there's a proposal to open up um the alaska national wildlife refuge to oil drilling this has been a fight for since the eighties, but openness is a pristine ecosystem. So to go get that last bit of oil, which they conveniently can say raises revenue for the government, you know, it's that kind of thing that they're saying that they're gonna offset these tax cuts for corporations and wealthy people with.
0: And, and there are other kinds of um, uh, gifts to the um, oil and gas industry um, that undermines any steps to support alternative uh, energy.
1: Right. So part of what the, again, part of the kind of the, the packaging, you know, and the presentation of this is like, well, everything's supposedly on the table and, you know, all kinds of things are changing. And so there's, you know, people have probably seen news about there's a fight about, you know, what you get to deduct if you live at a place that has high state and local taxes, right? So this tends to be places like California and New York and New Jersey. So that's, you know, a political fight about what are you going to do to, to taxpayers in those states and there's all other kinds of tax credits and deduction programs for a, a just a long list of things and when you look at the energy industry they are picking winners and losers and the winners are the fossil fuel folks who will get to keep various subsidy programs and tax credit programs and all you know the list that's too long to name but the ones that are on the chopping block in this tax reform are credits for things like purchasing electric vehicles um, you know uh tax credits for production of, you know, putting wind and solar power into the grid, things like that. So it's very disproportionate in who gets cut and who escapes those cuts.
0: So there's, um, they want to find a, a billion dollars to offset the the um, tax cuts. And the Energy and Natural Resources Committee Chair, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, um, should we be trusting her? <laughs> um I mean members of of Congress from Alaska
1: for many decades have wanted to open more of the state up to oil drilling it's just they think that's what they're sent to Congress to do, and this has been a battle for many, many decades. The interesting politics of this and you know and it got more clear yesterday, if people remember the fight about the health care um, uh, The Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, this summer, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska was one of those handful of senators, Republican senators, who voted no, who basically derailed that bill in the Senate. So the Senate tax bill, in addition to all this other stuff I've talked about, also would repeal that individual mandate for health care, which is kind of the core of how it works. And so... This bill, not coincidentally, and yesterday she announced that she would support the Senate bill, would repeal that individual mandate, and that would be a reversal in her position, but it would give her this oil drilling in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge. So this is the kind of wheeling and dealing that goes on with these big packages where there's money on the table, and yesterday she said she would support the bill because of the oil drilling. So
0: so talk about the um, the... You know, oil and gas industry, the fossil fuel industry's friends in Congress, and how they managed to get you know all of these um, gifts. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is the stuff that people hate about
1: Washington, right? <laughs> this is um, this is when years and years and years of. You know, very close connections, kind of the revolving door, right, between congressional staff and actual members who leave and become lobbyists or leave and go work for trade associations and companies, campaign contributions, and then lobbying itself, just being there and walking in the halls and having these meetings. All of those things together, you know, they didn't just turn this on in the last month uh, when this bill started to come out. You know, and really move through the process. This has been going on for years, and they have a level of influence kind of at every stage that they're ready for these opportunities, right? So they've they've the the lobbying frenzy that's happening with every industry is really intense right now because of this tax reform. But the oil and gas industry does not mess around. I mean, they have been spending their money and spreading their influence in Washington for many, many years.
0: So they still have to. uh, we, do, do you expect the Senate bill to pass? I mean, do you kind of, like, count votes on this? Or what, is, is there still action people can take? Absolutely, and especially in Wisconsin. So, I mean,
1: I'm not going to claim I have a lock on anything that this Congress is going to do because it is pretty crazy. The Senate is, is very close, right? The margins are very, very small. The Republic, the Dem- no Democrat is probably going to vote for this. That seems pretty clear. So that means they have to get – 51 uh, Republicans to vote for it, or 50, and then the vice president will come in and break that tie, and they only have 52 Republican senators, so your Senator Johnson from Wisconsin is very much in the mix on this. He has been holding out and saying that he doesn't like several things about this tax bill. I don't think it's this energy stuff. I think it's other things about deficits and, and small business taxes and things like that, but he has been holding out, and so he is going to be the subject of intense negotiation and lobbying, and people should absolutely communicate with him But what they think. So you can do that if you see him around. You know, the, the senators are home. They're not in Washington now. They're back home for the holiday. So if you see them around at some event, talk to them about it. And then the other option is today. And again, on Friday and Monday, you can call their offices. You can call the Congressional Switchboard at 202-224-3121. And you can just call up your members of Congress, especially the Senate, and say this is a terrible bill.
0: And it's to to tell Congress not to pass tax reform bills. You say that pay for corporate tax cuts by gutting environmental protections and safety net programs. After the Senate bill or some version of it passes, they still have to do the reconciliation with the House bill. Um, Can you just kind of talk about the the gifts in the House um, bill? There's a a, a, a campaign um, financing provision in the House version, right? Yeah, it's a really – I mean,
1: there's so many moving parts when you do these big packages with the tax code. You have so many things – You know, people don't even think about being in the tax code. So, you know, the House bill has already passed. The Senate is working on theirs. There are differences in things like what are the tax rates going to be? You know, what is the number you would pay in this income bracket or this income bracket? So they'll have to negotiate that stuff and come out with one version. And then there are some other differences. So the one uh, that you mentioned is there's something called the Johnson Amendment, and it was named for Lyndon Johnson when he was in the Senate, um, you know, 50 years ago. And it basically puts up a firewall, and it says if you're a certain type Type of charity. And, and if you ever have anybody's ever worked for a nonprofit, we call them 501c3s, and that refers to the type of tax code. And, and churches and houses of worship fall in this category. Lots of organizations fall in this category. And it's the reason that if you make a, a gift, you make a donation, you can deduct it on your taxes, right? You can deduct your charitable donations if it goes to this type of nonprofit. And there's conditions on what we can do with that money as nonprofits if we're saying we're tax exempt. One of those conditions is we cannot get involved in political campaigns. We cannot, as a C3 organization, whether it's a, you know, a, a church or a synagogue or a charity that's a C3, you can't endorse candidates. And that's been the law for 50 years. And the House version of this tax reform would end that restriction. And it would allow those tax exempt charities and houses of worship to endorse or oppose candidates as part of their work. And so there's two kind of main objections to that, and thousands of religious organizations, charities, have objected to this proposal to change it. They like the status quo. The reason is, one, it's going to bring politics into kind of civic organizations and houses of worship, and it really could – just ruin the culture of those places if you're suddenly worrying about who your church is going to endorse for the mayor's race, right? And if you're it also brings politics into the work of of social service organizations. If you're running a food bank or some social service organization, do you have to endorse the right politician to get the grant from the city to run an after-school program or a soup kitchen? And then the other big reason for folks who think about kind of how our democracy works is, you know, there's a whole kind of very not a little complicated, but basically it boils down to this becomes another place for corporations to park their money and do political activity behind the scenes and not really talk about it because most charities don't disclose their donors. So it becomes kind of a backdoor way for that dark money to find another outlet. And suddenly you have big, you know, either corporations or wealthy individuals giving to a church, but they're giving to a church to do political activity. And so there's a lot of reasons this is a terrible idea, and it's kind of snuck into this tax bill.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. The uh, and a lot of the these kinds of groups not not interested in systemic change work and um, so definitely a backdoor for corporations. Wow. The um, so is this going to happen in twenty seventeen? <laughs> that is a several billion dollar
1: question. Um, you know, this is a Republican driven activity. The, the, you know, we have a very partisan. Environment we're dealing with, Democrats aren't going to support these bills, so this is on the Republicans to pass, and they seem to feel a lot of pressure to pass something. Right? There's all kinds of politics happening. You know, next year is an election year for those midterm elections. They got to produce something. They think so. There's a lot of pressure to get something done, and we'll see what that something is. So it's a, it's a strange time to predict what's going to happen, but you're going to see very intense pressure on folks like Senator Johnson from your state, who are kind of what's left, you know, as an obstacle. There's really just a handful of senators left that they see as obstacles, and if they can figure that out and get them something that supports the bill, um, that will get them to support the bill, I think you'll see it start to move um, later in the year. So it's really time now for people to communicate to their senators that they don't like this bill.
0: And that number again, 202, what was it? 202-224-3121. Hey, thank you, Patty. I'm glad we could talk. Patty Lovera is the Assistant Director of Food and Water Watch. She coordinates the food team there. And it's always great to hear from you, Patty, and I get um, so much information um, uh, from you that is helpful. Thank you, Patty Lovera. Thanks. Thanks.